Come on, put your hands together for Kingdom News. Well, as I mentioned earlier, with pastors being gone, we have a guest speaker. Uh, and for those of you that weren't here for the first service, listen, he brought a word for this house. Amen. And so I'm definitely excited to hear it again, man, because you can never get enough of God's word. Amen. Uh, listen, uh, he's, he's not a stranger to kingdom. He may be a stranger to some of you, but he's, he's been in fellowship of kingdom probably for uh, easily over five years, if not more. Um, he's done some work with us in the past as far as some media stuff for us. And listen, just a great, great man of God. So without further ado, if you would stand with me and help welcome Landon Schott. Can you give Jesus a 10 times greater hand than that? Come on, kingdom, that wasn't 10 times. Someone open your mouth and glorify the Lord in this place. To be honest, I think the 8 o'clock did better than that. Come on, somebody glorify the Lord in this place. Amen, amen, amen. It's awesome to be here. Love your pastors dearly. You may be seated. Thank you, musicians. Love your, your pastors dearly. Uh, I was actually introduced to uh, your pastors, I don't know, five, six years ago. Uh, my, my friend John Gray texted me and said, hey, I'm in your city. And I said, where are you at, big brother? And he said, uh, I'm at Kingdom. And so he was ministering at Kingdom. I think it was over up the street at the smaller facility that, that you're at previous to here, the, your main one, and uh, your Phoenix campus. And uh, John Gray rocked it out and got to meet your pastors and, and uh, just absolutely just fell in love with, with them as a family. And uh, I, I, get to, I get to be around a lot of pastors' families. And, and it's hard to love the church when the pastors' families don't love each other. And I love how they love each other. And uh, I got to be in their home quite a bit and just experience the interaction. And uh, Pastor Steele is just a good man. He really is just a good man. He's a good father. We honor them. We thank you them. <laughs> Pastor Kelly is off the charts. She's crazy in the best way possible. I love, I love her love for life. I love her, her love for God and her children and all of the, 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 the kids. They're not kids anymore. All of the young adults that are their family. Uh, I love how they build the kingdom of God together. It's amazing. Can we just give one more big hand for their... I was in a meeting on Tuesday. My phone rang. It was Pastor Steele. I answered the phone. I said, man of God. And he said, man of God. He said, I heard you were in, in, uh, in Phoenix this Sunday. And I said, I am. And he said, uh, would you come, would you come and, and, and minister on Sunday morning? And I said, I'd be honored too. And uh, I began to seek and, and, and uh, ask the Lord what I was supposed to minister here. And uh, as I was praying and seeking the Lord, I was reminded of a year ago. And a year ago, I was still living in Phoenix at the time. Uh, you guys just, just got this facility. And the Lord spoke a word in my heart for your church. And I remember texting Pastor Kelly and I just said, hey, I, I feel like I got a word for kingdom. And uh, due to the moving of the facilities and all that different stuff, it, it never worked out time frame wise. But the Lord reminded me of that. And uh, instantly this week, as I, as I began to pray and seek the Lord, I knew what I was supposed to minister here because the Lord spoke to me a year ago to minister it here in this facility. So I, 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 don't, I don't have a, a teaching for you. I, I, I don't have my best, my best message, canned message to give you. In fact, I really felt the Lord stir in my heart. I got books. I got spiritual warfare books. I got product. I got all this stuff, and I didn't bring it. And I, I just had a check in my spirit not to sell product, not to do any of that. 
just to come and just sow into the house. So there's no product table. There's nothing. I just have a word from the Lord, and, and, and I truly believe that this is going to be a life-changing day. Now, I'm not getting up here and blowing smoke. We had enough smoke blown from the smoke blowers. No smoke, no games, no facetiousness, uh, no exaggerations. I really believe today is going to be a game-changing, course-shifting, momentum-altering day. But I don't believe that's up to me. I believe that's up to you. How many ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Hello, my friend Paul Watkins on the, 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 the boom camera. Love you, my friend. Good to see you. Don't you love this facility? It reminds me of the Bat Cave. I told Pastor Steele, I said, I like it. I said, it's masculine. It feels good to stand at a masculine pulpit. Majority of pulpits have like little frilly flowers and stuff like that, so... It's awesome. Psalms 31, verse 1. Psalms 31, verse 1. How many love God's word? It says, in you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. The title of this message this morning is the five elements of deliverance. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your church. I thank you the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. So we declare, Lord, let you be exalted in this place. We declare your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives. Lord, I declare that your word is the highest authority. Let your word be true in every man a liar. We declare it's the lamp into our feet and light into our path. Let it expose everything in our life that's not of you. Let it redirect our steps. Let it be what we meditate on, what we breathe on. God, I declare let your word be first and foremost in our lives. So today Today, Jesus, have your way in this place. Holy Spirit, speaks to our hearts. Give us hearts to receive, minds to understand. God, give us ears to hear what you're saying today. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name, God said amen. Amen. I was praying a, a, a few years ago and praying in the Holy Ghost, and, and I heard the Lord speak to me and say, I want you to begin to minister on the topic of righteousness. And, and Matthew 6.33 came up in my spirit, seek ye first the kingdom of God, someone help me preach, and his, and everything else will be added. But something stuck out to me as I started noticing that every time I heard that scripture quoted, I heard it quoted like this, seek ye first the kingdom, and everything else will be added. In fact, majority of the time I heard it quoted backwards where people were saying, for everything else to be added, I guess you got to seek the kingdom. So let me rephrase that. In order for me to get stuff from God, I guess I have to seek the kingdom. But the problem is, is you cannot gain access to the kingdom without his righteousness. So I started studying righteousness. Do you know there's over a thousand scriptures on the word of God and righteousness? You would think there would be none by how frequently people don't talk about righteousness, but righteousness is everywhere. We walk a path in righteousness, Psalms 23. We're called the hunger and thirst for righteousness. In fact, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of, someone help me preach, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness is the DNA of heaven. It's the matter of heaven, what the kingdom of God is made up of. In fact, the Bible says, 
to seek righteousness or go after righteousness and don't stop looking for it. We're made righteous by him. We're to, call, we're to wear a breastplate of righteousness to guard our heart. All throughout the word of God, righteousness is there. See, we, we, sing, we, we, we quote scriptures all the time, but we leave out righteousness. We say stuff like, uh, you know, though, though you may fall seven times, the Lord will pick you back up. That's not what the Bible says, Joker. It says, someone help me, though the righteous may fall seven times, the Lord pick you back up. That means this, some, some people fall down and stay down. People get up and say, I just thank the Lord. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for my life. No, it ain't. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the who? The righteous. The righteous will inherit the earth. I'm telling you right now, this, this word on righteousness, it's the DNA of heaven. It's the fabric of heaven. Okay, I'll put it like this. How many remember the story of the blind man? Blind man, Jesus spit in the mud, put in the man's eyes. Everybody made that, 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 that story about the mud. It's not about the mud. Jesus spit. Let me just say this. Anyone ever watch those forensic file shows? Heather and I love it. We stay in bed at night and be like, if I was going to kill you, what I would do, I would burn you to a crisp and then scatter your ashes. She's like, no, they would find the fire accelerator. That wouldn't be good. I would just chop your body up in little pieces and feed it to animals. They would never find nothing of you. How many see that Netflix thing going around about that Steve Avery guy? You see that? All, all these things. They'll, they'll find one little piece of DNA. And from that DNA, they can say this man's guilty or this man's innocent. Watch. Jesus took his spit. No, no, no. See, this is why you got to come to multiple services. You don't know what you're going to get. He, he took the spit. He took his DNA. And he said, I'm going to take my DNA and I'm going to put it where your DNA is dysfunctional. He didn't just take his DNA, he took the kingdom. You didn't even realize all this church is about when it says kingdom of the valley, that's translated in the heaven to say righteousness of the valley. What you are doing is you are declaring heaven's DNA on earth. And when heaven's DNA met a man's eyes, his eyes opened. See, when everywhere you see righteousness in the Bible, you're about to see a demonstration of God's power. You see a man like Noah, that God chose Noah to reestablish righteousness in the earth because the earth was corrupt. Listen, he wasn't chosen by divine grace. He was chosen by righteousness. He was a righteous man. You see a guy named Job. Can everybody do me a favor? Stop feeling sorry for Job. See, it's one thing for the devil to come at you. It's another thing for God to call the devil out to come at you. He said, devil, are you sick of messing with the prayerless, faithless, tithless, church-hopping Christian? See, 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 you, you don't even have to mess with them, devil, because they fall over by themselves. He said, have you considered my boy Job? There's nobody like him. He's righteous in his generation. He fears God and shuns evil. Do you know what that means is he doesn't ask his pastor, pastor, how far can I go to the line and still make heaven? Uh, for him, heaven isn't the goal. The kingdom being established on earth is the goal. 
And, and I, I, love, I love the devil because he, he tells on himself. He said this. He said, you've put a hedge of protection around him. I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. Lord, you hand out hedges of protection. Where do I get one? Can I tell you where you get a hedge of protection? You live a righteous life because just like, watch, just like there was a hedge around the Garden of Eden, it was a garden of righteousness, type and shadow of heaven. Adam and Eve were removed from the garden because there will be no righteousness in, uh, unrighteousness in heaven. If you want to guard your life with a hedge of protection, guard your heart and righteousness will guard everything else. And then I love what the devil said. He said, there's nothing I can do about it. See, when you're living a righteous life on the pathway of righteousness, although that you may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil because there's nothing he can do about you. So I preach righteousness all over the world. 27 different messages. They're all on my podcast. Saturday morning, I, preach for the, I prayed for the first time, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. Tell me about what this next year is about. Sunday morning, I got on a plane, went to Michigan, preached on righteousness, the authority of righteousness, because the Lord will introduce you to the demons you have authority over. You're running from the demons you have authority over. I get down from preaching. The moment I sit down in the front row, I hear the Holy Spirit, the audible voice of the Holy Spirit whispered to me that I love more than anything in life. And he said, it's going to be a year of deliverance. As soon as he said it, my spirit jumped. My wife had a, had a book coming out on her story of being delivered from drugs and alcohol as a teenager, as being completely and fully addicted. I have a book on homosexuality that's set to come out this March. We're doing a, a prophetic conference in San Francisco. Lord knows San Francisco needs deliverance. And I was excited. So then I, I get back on the plane the next day. I'm, I, I'm here. I'm living in Phoenix at the time. I, 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 I'm, I'm working out at UFIT workout place, trying not to be fat. Hit 30 years old. It's not about abs anymore. It's just about staying in skinny jeans. That's all it's about. You wake up at 30, I'm like, why does my shoulder hurt for no reason at all? I'm 30 now. And I, and I, I read Psalms 31.1. Put it back up on the screen. Psalms 31.1 says this. It says, to you, O Lord, let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. I heard the Holy Spirit whisper to me once again. And he said, righteousness is the setup for deliverance. I preached for an entire year on righteousness to set up for deliverance for a moment for you to encounter your God right now. Listen, I am so sick of people singing about freedom, singing about no more shackles, no more chains, but living in bondage. Listen, the same God that saves us is the same God that delivers us. I, I believe that we are coming into a season of supernatural deliverance. The things that had you bound for years is the thing that's going to break off your life once and for all. I'm done singing about it. I don't want to hear messages about it. I want breakthrough. So watch this, watch this. Can we, just, can we go a little deeper? So you got to get to verse 5 because you can't just read the Bible. You have to read the Bible. What I mean that, saints, is you got to start reading your Bible. The Lord doesn't speak to me. It's because you never read, bro. It's you never read. Verse 5. Go to verse 5. What does it say? Into your hand I commit my spirit, O Lord. Now, this is David. Now, now when I, I read that, my spiritual spidey senses are just going crazy. And I said, wait a second. I recognize this, this prayer. Now, church, I've been, I've been serving the Lord all my life. I got saved at three years old. I remember getting a toy out of the treasure box. I got baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost at 12. I preached my first sermon in India at 14. I started preaching full-time since I was 16. I'm 32 years old. I've been serving the Lord a long time, okay? I know the church world. I, I, I know God. And I've read this scripture I don't know how many times, but I never read it like this. That's what I love about the Holy Ghost, because as soon as he breathes on that scripture, new life. 
So I said, this is a prayer that's famous. But I don't ever remember David praying it. I just remember Jesus praying it, suspended between heaven and earth on the cross. The last prayer he ever prayed before he gave up the ghosts. He said, Lord, I commit my spirit to you. So now I say to myself, what's the difference between David praying the prayer and Jesus praying the prayer? Well, let me say, David is born of the flesh. He's the one that said, even from birth, my iniquities. I was born of iniquities. So David is born of the flesh, but the Bible says that we must be born again of the spirit. So David walks in the flesh sometimes, but he walks in the spirit other times. Where Jesus is born of the Spirit and becomes flesh. But he is only led by the Spirit because he said, I only do what I see my Father do. I only say what I hear him say. I only go where he tells me to go. If he tells me to go in the desert, I follow him in the desert. If he tells me to go in the synagogue, I'll go. I'll transcend through their midst because he's led by the Spirit. So watch, Jesus is all Spirit all the time. And David is flesh some of the time and Spirit some of the time. Reminds me of you and I, doesn't it? So watch this. So when David is led by the Spirit, he's slaying giants. But when he's led by the flesh, he's slaying husbands. Come on, we see this through all God's men. When Moses is led by the Spirit, he's talking to the rock. When he's led by the flesh, he's striking the rock. When Peter's led by the Spirit, he's walking on water. When he's walking in the flesh, he's cutting off ears. Come on, somebody. When you're walking in the Spirit, come on, you got a word from the Lord for your friend. When you're walking in the flesh, it's Friday night and you're somewhere you shouldn't be. I said, Lord, speak to me. There's a revelation on deliverance. I said, speak to me. Show me the revelation of deliverance. And I was using my prayer language, praying in the Holy Ghost, and I heard that sweet spirit of the Lord. And he said, deliverance is when your flesh follows your spirit. See, a lot of people don't understand that when God delivers you, it's a done deal. It's like this. I'll put it like this because so many people are confused if they're really delivered or not. But it's like this. Is if, if, if an enemy took over our city... We're in bondage. When we kick them out, we're delivered. But then our job is to keep them out. See, the Lord will deliver you from your enemies. Hear this, church, but it's your job to keep them out. This morning, I'm going to give you five elements of deliverance. Listen, five practical ways to respond to demonic torment. Listen, listen, there are demons in America. Come on, it's not just for Africa, India, Asia. Come on, it's not for overseas and other places. That's where demons are. But really, there's no demons here because we're all dignified. There's no demons in our church because we have lights. Come on, somebody. Everywhere Jesus went, people were delivered. Everywhere the disciples went, people were delivered. The kingdom of God is deliverance. And you shouldn't have to live with tormenting spirits one more day. You shouldn't have sleepless nights one more night. You shouldn't have to fight that thing one more day. Today is your day of deliverance. Now listen, listen, listen. I'm a simple guy. I don't want to hear no interpretation of Greek and Hebrew and things I can't understand. I want to know, what do I do when I have demonic attacks coming against me? What do I do when I got so much anxiety I can't breathe? What do I do when I feel oppression that I feel like I need to go to the doctors and check myself in somewhere because I got so much stuff coming against me? What do I do? I'm going to teach you today the five elements of deliverance, how you physically respond to demons. You know what I'm talking about. When someone just calls you and you get anxiety and you haven't even talked to somebody, that's a demon at work. 
I'm writing a book right now on homosexuality called Gay Awareness. I had a pastor friend call me. And he said, we're, we, I, I preached for him and, and we're out to eat afterwards. And he said to me, he said, he said I, had, I had a friend call me and he said, you know Landon Schott, right? And he said, yeah, Landon and I are really close. He said, man, you better tell him not to write that book. Church, when he said it to me, listen to me, I heard a demon's voice say it. Watch, 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 watch. I am talking to a pastor friend. I got anxiety. My heart starts beating out of my chest. I, I'm having a hard time breathing. Come on. You thought you had anxiety problems and you're going to a doctor to help you fight spiritual warfare? That's witchcraft, church. And, and, and I, I called Steve that night. I said, bro, I felt witchcraft. Hear me, church. I'm talking to a pastor friend. The Lord reminded me what I wrote in the, in the book Jezebel. My book Jezebel, The Witch is Back. See, uh, the queen Jezebel just threatened Elijah, or Elijah who she never even met. And witchcraft traveled through the words. You need to know how to respond when hell comes against you. I'm going to tell you one more thing. I'm going to get into the five elements of deliverance. Listen, one of the greatest things the enemy does is tries to convince you you're not delivered. Here's what happens. You're tempted by something you've defeated and then you think you're not delivered because you got tempted again. Hear this word. This is sound doctrine. Temptation is not sin. Your response to temptation determines what is and what is not sin. For example, Jesus was without sin, knew no sin, but he was tempted. So what happens is, is you defeat temptation and then when you're tempted by that lust again, you think that you're not delivered because you're feeling temptation. And then the enemy tells you you're not delivered and now you're discouraged. I'll put it like this. When David killed Goliath, he took the sword, cut off his head and carried the head around. The reason why he carried the head around is because when he ran into another giant, he wanted to look at Goliath in the face and said, I already killed this giant. You're next. So watch, so instead of being discouraged that you got tempted, listen, there's not one spirit of lust. I wish somebody was in this place. There's thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, who knows how many spirits, demonic spirits of lust. So instead of being discouraged that you got tempted again, you need to say, no, I just took out your friend. He didn't tell, let me, let me introduce you to, just in case you guys forgot. You should be, the camera people are like, get back on stage, get back on stage. You should be encouraged, not discouraged. So you need to say, devil, you're a liar. Number one, you ready to go? Come on, who's with me today? Five elements of deliverance. How do I physically respond? Listen, spirit leading the flesh. Number one, you ready? Speaking in tongues. I, I've been saved all my life, I told you this. I have never heard more false doctrine and more attacks against the gift speaking in tongues than anything else in the entire Bible. People love Jesus, they love God, but they don't like no Holy Ghost. I, I, I was ministering at, at one of the largest colleges for, for, for Christian ministry in the country. And, I, and I, I'm in a room with 200 youth pastors. And I said, how many are spirit-filled? And about a quarter of the room is. 
So Jesus says, don't go into the rest of the world until you get the gift I've given you. And then disciples got the Holy Ghost and they go into the world. But we have all these pastors that are going into ministry that are not filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so, so we love healing. We love, we love miracles. We love wisdom and knowledge. But nobody likes the Holy Spirit. Nobody likes speaking in tongues. Can I show you why? Let me show you why scripturally. Jude 1.20. It's up on the screens. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in the most holy of faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Listen, why you pray in the Holy Spirit, heaven fights for you. I was in a church service. And, and the entire congregation was praying in the Holy Spirit. And just for the Facebook theologians out there, not prophesying in tongues where you need an interpreter. Nobody send me funny things about this, okay? When you speak in tongues and use your own prayer language, okay? Now, if you get up and interrupt this service and start, you know, should have buying a Honda, then an usher is going to dropkick you. <laughs> but if we say, church, let's use our own prayer language, let's pray in the Holy Ghost, that's an order. So what's out of order is you waving a flag in the back and bringing attention to yourself. You know what I'm talking about? Then everybody else got to speak in tongues because they got to dodge your flag. I told you I grew up in church. I know all this stuff. Ushers, get the tambourine player in the corner. You know what's bad when they bring their own instrument like cases for worship. Come on, let's get back in the Holy Ghost. I'm in this service and we're all praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm on my knees on the stage and I see a vision of this blue dome over the church. And I see demons hovering over the blue dome. And I asked the Lord, I said, what is that? And I hear him say, it's the hedge of protection. As the church was praying in the Holy Ghost. Then I saw another vision. It was a young man that, that I mentor who struggles with, with, with lustful spirits. And I saw four demons, small demons hovering over him. And I saw him on his knees praying in the Holy Ghost. And I saw that blue dome that was over the church come over him and then it exploded off him and the demons were gone. I believe the Lord showed me a vision of one of the greatest forms of spiritual warfare there is. Watch this, watch this, watch this. When you physically talk in tongues, your spirit has to follow your flesh. Well, Pastor Landon, if, if God wanted me to have that gift, he would give it to me. Well, that's stupid. I had a friend who told me that. We were on a plane together one day. He said, I just feel like if, if the Lord wanted me to have that gift, he would give it. I was like, well, the Bible says, ask, knock, seek, and the door will be answered, open for you. So it sounds like you don't want it. I said, how old were you when you got married to your wife? He said, we were 18. I said, did you ask her dad if you could marry her? He said, yeah. He goes, what did the dad say? He goes, well, he said no. I said, uh-huh. So what would you do? Well, I married her. Hmm. So when you want it, you go and get it, don't you? The Lord wanted me to have the promotion. He would give it to me. If the Lord wanted me to have it, he would, come on, do you see what I'm saying? So all of a sudden it comes to the move of the Holy Spirit. Well, if God wants me to do it, he can pick me up and move me. I said, I'm going to try this out. About two weeks later, I got a phone call at midnight from a young man that I mentor. He struggles with same-sex attractions. Good kid, loves the Lord. He called me and he said, Landon, I'm just so frustrated, I'm discouraged. I feel like I'm not delivered. Same lies the enemy tells you. Same lies the enemy's telling him. And I said to him, when's the last time you, you prayed in the Holy Ghost? And he's like, oh, oh, man, oh, um, oh. I, I, I found the church praising the Holy Ghost about as much as they floss. 
You know when you're at the dentist and he's like, are you flossing every day? And you're like, well, not every day. In fact, the last time I flossed, you did it. I said, where are you? He said, I'm driving on the freeway. I said, pull over. He said, the next exit? I said, no, pull over now. He pulls over on the freeway. I'm two states away. I said, let's start praying in the Holy Ghost. He started praying the Holy Ghost. I started praying on the Holy Ghost. And I just felt this warmth presence of God just whoosh, fall over me. I said, bro, did you feel that? He said, yeah. I said, where's your temptation? He says, it's gone. No, 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 no. Hold, hold, hold. See, the problem, when you feel devils, you get on Facebook and you Facebook about it rather than using your prayer language. Come on, you turn up. I'm, I'm telling you, no, no, no radio station, no slow jam is going to give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. Somebody needs to learn how to, David said, strengthen myself in the Lord. Come on, somebody just burst out in your prayer language and praise the Lord for a second. Somebody just thank the Lord in this place. Come on, we want you, Holy Spirit. We're not afraid. We're not ashamed. We want you deliverance somebody shout you're not at the shouting place yet but you'll get there watch this watch this watch this mark 9 you know it the disciples go and they try to cast out the demon the demon won't go the father goes to the demon and says hey, we, we try to cast out the devil but your son your, your 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 disciples couldn't do it watch this watch this watch this the disciples couldn't do it. They went to Jesus and they said, Jesus, how do we do this? He says, through prayer and fasting. He didn't say what kind of prayer. Watch, 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 watch. In Acts chapter 2, the disciples get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Biblically speaking, there's no place in the Bible where a true disciple of Jesus ever encountered a demon that they could not cast out after they got the Holy Ghost. Mm. Hear me, hear me. For those that are new to the faith, speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift is all you have to do is ask God for it. That's it, ask God for it. And it will change your life. Saints, hear me, pray in the Holy Ghost every day. Every day, pray in the Holy Ghost. That's how you maintain deliverance. Listen, I go into warfare places. Listen, when you write a book on homosexuality, everybody hates you. And when I, when I walk into places, when I experience warfare, the only thing that sustains me is that prayer language. Why do you think Paul says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all? Who needed more deliverance than Paul? Shipwrecks, stoning, imprisonment, betrayal. Number one, speaking in tongues. Number two, fasting. Isn't it interesting that we're on a fast right now? Jesus said, these, Mark 9, these only come out through prayer and fasting. Isn't it interesting? See, it's interesting Fasting in prayer are undefeated. Show me a biblical example of fasting in prayer not winning. But here we go. The church says funny stuff like, well, fasting's not for me. There's no scripture that says that. When, when Israel would call a fast, they would call a fast for everybody. Let me just say things that people that want to get invited back don't say. If you're not fasting with kingdom, it proves you're not a part of this church. You visit this church frequently. But you're not in line with the house. See, 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 you think 
that some people just like fasting. Oh, the fasters like it. I ain't never met nobody who likes fasting. I don't like fasting. I get headaches. I, I, I don't like, I don't, I, I, and then I got to watch my Seahawks win. And then I got to watch all these commercials of just food the whole time. We were driving here, driving by Habit Burger, and I was like, Steve, don't drive me by Habit Burger. I just feel demons. Just, I smell the demonic. I was doing great till we drove by Habit Burger. There's no scripture that says it's not for you. It's interesting. I had this girl in our ministry, and she had a serious health problem. We were about to go on a 21-day fast. She came to me and said, Landon, I can't fast. My doctor told me not to. I said, why is your doctor spiritually leading you? I said, is your doctor saved, filled with the Holy Ghost? And she's like, I don't know. I said, so why is he leading you spiritually? I said, did you pray about it? She said, no. Listen, this isn't for everybody. Listen, but there's some people that are bound. They need deliverance. I heard from the Lord her deliverance is in the fast. I said, but I'm not a controlling leader. I didn't say, you will fast. I said, you go pray. I don't know if she prayed. She didn't do the fast. And to this day, she's still in sickness. Listen, in Esther, they called all of Israel together, everyone. And they said, we're not going to eat, we're not going to drink for three days. It was a fast of deliverance. And then Esther walked in, watched, putting her flesh on the line and said, if I perish, I perish, but my spirit has gone before me. Mm. I've been fasting for seven days right now. I haven't eaten a bite of food in seven days. And I'm preaching four times today. I feel great. Watch, 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 watch. Some of you don't even realize your deliverance is on the other side of it. Mm. Fasting isn't getting God to move. That's what the fleshly think. Fasting is to move you. Because when you're fasting, you are altering your course. You're going to other places. You're, you're, you're maneuvering your flesh. Would you not go? I call it God playing chess with you. people I, I I'm not someone special I'm not a pastor I'm not a minister hmm. don't you know the greatest people in all the Bible were nobodies that let their spirit lead their flesh number one speaking in tongues number two fasting number three worship Psalms 32 7 David the psalmist says you are my hiding place you will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance people think that worship is about how you sound Unfortunately, that's only for carnal worship leaders. It's, see, 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 giftings are a dime a dozen. But you can't practice anointing. Uh, no, 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 no. She said teach. I don't know. One of y'all over there said teach. Okay, so let me teach. The problem is, is the church doesn't know the difference. Because when an American Idol singer sings it, we just like church service. Oh, it's quiet in here. See, because when you're in the anointing, you know the difference between a sound and a spirit. Watch, you know the difference by which one you live in. All right, now I'm gonna go about to go to places that guest speakers don't go. See, because the difference is, is you worship on Sunday the way that you worship on Friday. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They just play a music and we bow. 
You feel that shift in the atmosphere? You know what that means? That means we're getting into sacred cow space. It means this, that you come to a place and you worship and then you leave your worship and you go to another place. Watch, your, your worship is spiritual, but your music is fleshly. You can't stop worshiping because it's not Sunday or Man Cave Monday or Wednesday night. Your worship has to go with you. So here's what I'm saying, is you come into this altar of worship, this place of deliverance, but then you go home and you let foul things, foul spirits, foul songs in your home because your children will throw fits if you don't let them play it. Everything's spiritual. You're wondering, you're wondering why, why, why is there fighting in your home? Why is there arguing in your home? Because you just put on R-rated filth that just <laughs> spread through your home. The people that lead my prayer team have a, an upper room prayer room. And they, they play music in it 24-7. Church, when I drive up to their property, I start feeling the Holy Ghost. I kid you not, I could see it right now. When you start driving in, you start feeling that weight. When you walk into the garage, you feel it. When you walk up their stairs, sister, I'm telling you, when you walk up their stairs, it's like glory just falls. I, I went in there the, for the first time. I said, are you guys burning perfume? She said, no, that's just the smell of the Holy Ghost that's always here. Saints know what I'm talking about. People that serve the Lord a long time know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about someone spraying perfume like, I smell it. No, 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 I'm talking about the true, true aroma of the Holy Spirit. See, it's interesting. Watch this. Saul asked David to fight his battle or his giant because first he asked David to worship for him. Are you here? See, because when you stop worshiping, you stop fighting. When you stop praising, you stop fighting. That is the place of deliverance. And here's what we don't understand. is sometimes we don't feel like it, but you don't understand. It's not about what you feel like. It's about creating, watch, an atmosphere of deliverance. Watch, because when you create the atmosphere, other people come into the atmosphere, and that's when they get rocked. Let me tell you this story. We did a prophetic conference in San Francisco that was bananas. Insane what God did. And there's a guy that came in and, and he contacted me afterwards and he said, Landon, he said, I got absolutely rocked by the Holy Ghost. I've never experienced anything like that. I said, tell me what happened. He said, I was in a worship service and this crazy guy was worshiping like a maniac. And I was looking at him the whole time and, and, and I was paying attention to him and he was on his face and jumping around and spinning around and he looked ridiculous. And then I realized that I noticed him but he didn't notice me. Call that an undignified praise. And he said, and I realized he had something that I didn't have. And this guy flew across the country to San Francisco, to a city he's never been to. He said, I lifted my hands. When I lift my hands, I started speaking in a new language I never knew. Watch church, you don't even realize this guy didn't get his hands laid on him. No one gave him a prophetic word. Somebody just came in the place with worship in their spirit and chains started falling off people in the place. Watch, deliverance was established through worship. 
Let's get practical, okay? Because we're good at shouting together. Let's get practical. That means this. You're fighting with your spouse. Play worship music. Come on, you're short with each other, irritated. Come on, somebody. Honeymoon's over. You know what I'm talking about? My wife and I have been married for 10 years. Okay? When, you're, when, you, when, when, when all of a sudden we'll just be kind of, you know, chirp, chirping at each other. You know what I'm mean? You do it too, obviously. And you can throw it off on you're hungry or you had a bad day or you're tired or I already got up with the kids or whatever it is you want to call it. But there's some times where the enemy comes in and just sees if he can just get a foothold. And Heather or I, one of us will just stop and be like, whoa, I love you, you love me, something's up here. Play worship music, worship together. Watch, we see that Holy Ghost come and bring that peace that surpasses all understanding. Number one, speaking in tongues. Number two, fasting. Number three, worship. Number four, the Shabbat shout. I find it interesting that people are loud and proud before they get saved, and then all of a sudden they get saved, and all of a sudden they're holy and quiet. Cardinals are winning. We're going bananas. Spirits moving. The Shabbat shout is a Hebrew word of a shout of warfare. This is the shout that the children of Israel would give before walls of Jericho would fall, before angels would fight their battles, before enemies would begin to attack each other and blindness would fall. This was the warfare shout. The Shabbat shout, watch, is when your spirit pushes past your vocal cords and leads the charge. This is the undignified shout. This is a piercing shout. This is a warfare shout. See, one of the biggest problems in warfare is the devil's lies are louder than your truth. A few years ago, I was driving here in Phoenix when we lived here. I was driving up 7th Avenue. And my wife called me and she said, honey, we're pregnant. And I wish I could tell you I was excited, but I was fearful because we'd just gone through two miscarriages. And I said, hey, babe, that's awesome. I'm heading to a meeting. Let me call you when I'm out of my meeting. I hung up the phone. As soon as I hung up the phone, I heard an audible voice out loud say, you know you're going to lose this one too. I pulled my car over on the side of the road. And I started shouting at the top of my lungs, this child will live and not die. This child will be a prophetess to her generation. This child will minister the gospel. Listen, I let my spirit lead my voice with a shout of praise. Let me tell you, that little girl asked me, she said, Daddy, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Phoenix to preach. She said, can I come and preach? This little girl got filled with the Holy Ghost at three years old. Her name's Peyton Olivia. She's going to be a prophetess to her generation. You say, well, doesn't that put too much pressure on a child? No, that puts pressure on hell. The Shabbat shout is similar to the Shafar. Problem is, people under 30 don't even know what this is. Read your Bible. 
The shofar is God's instrument of war. The shofar, watch, would go before the sword. The shofar would go before the the man's strategy. The shofar is the sound of the Lord. They would blow the shofar and angels would fight for them. If you've ever heard a shofar before, you will today. It's not a pretty sound. It's not a polite sound. It's a warfare sound. Steve and I traveled the world together blowing the shofar. We went to San Francisco to to what they call the Castro District, one of the places the gay rights movement was birthed in America. They got the biggest flag you've ever seen in your life, a rainbow flag that waves over the city. Steve and I went and brought this shofar, and we blew the shofar in the flag, declaring the glory of God to come to the city of San Francisco. This is a weapon of war. Sit down. We walked on the plane together, and the flight entertainment said, flight uh, uh, said, what is that? It looks like a weapon. And I whispered, it is. <laughs> Do you know how they make their shofar? They take it, and they rip it from the head of the ram, flesh and all. And they leave it outside. And they leave it alone until the flesh dies. And when the flesh is dead, it becomes an instrument of war. See, that's why the word says that I need to be crucified with Christ, that I don't live, but Christ lives through me. That's why we deny our flesh. Listen, when your flesh dies, your spirit can live, and that's where the roar of the shofar comes through your spirit. I don't feel like we're supposed to move on. Somebody just stand up and give God a shout of praise from your spirit. Not polite, not pretty. Somebody roar! Somebody's roaring for their children. Somebody's roaring for a breakthrough. Somebody's roaring for this next year. Roar for deliverance. different when nobody's leading you. It's different when there's no music. It's different when there's no coaxing. There's different when you're not told. It's different when it's just from the depths of your spirit breaking through the flesh. Come on, break through 2015 into this next year of supernatural deliverance. Somebody go ahead and just start using your prayer language all over this place. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's bring that dome. Let's bring that hedge of protection all over this house. Come on. Let's bring it over this house right now. Come on. Somebody start roaring right now in your spirit. Come on. Roar in your spirit. Stop. Watch. I want to point someone out. 
Notice when I said pray in the Holy Ghost, did you feel it dip? Got a floss. Hear the prophetic word. Did you feel the dip? Because I said go somewhere where you don't normally go. Like this, like this. Have you ever went to a new house or a new place and you get in and it's dark for the first time at night and you don't know where you're going? So you're feeling around. Elder, help me, help me. You, you pray in the Holy Ghost for me. Sister, you pray. You, 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 you lead this. You're, you feel it. you're feeling your way around. The janitors know what I'm talking about walking in this place for the first time. See, but when you lived in a house for 10 years, you can walk in it blindfolded. Know where the fridge there is. Know where everything is. Turn it all. Watch. You're going to get it. You may be seated. You will have the greatest year you've ever had. Listen, listen. If you press into the Holy Ghost. I was in that prayer room I told you about. You can start playing that song, Breath in My Lungs, that I like. And I was walking around that prayer room on the carpet. And at this time, I had the four elements of deliverance, speaking in tongues, fasting, worship, and Shabbat Shabbat. And as I was walking around the carpet, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. And he said, the fifth element of deliverance is the extravagant gift. And he showed me a vision of the woman with the alabaster box breaking it at the feet of Jesus. The thing that represented her past, breaking it, giving birth to her future. The disciples, Judas, tried to stop her and say, this could be used for other purposes. And Jesus said, don't stop her. What she's doing is a holy thing. It'll be talked about forever. Or watch her ministry is beginning in this moment. Ah, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. So many of you think your ministry happens when you get here. You don't understand. It happens when you're in that deliverance moment. When I turned 18 years old, I became a fanatic about hearing the voice of God. Church, I begged him. Daily, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, speak. Your servant's listening. I mean, I, I ask for the gifts, the Holy Spirit, a wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, power, prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, distinguishing between the gifts every single day. Give me your gifts. Speak to me. Use me. I want to hear your voice. I want to know you. And then I started hearing that whisper that I've been telling you about. And he started always telling me to give money away. It would be, give this person this. Give that person that. Over and over. One time I was sitting in a service on Sunday morning, or on Easter, uh, not Easter, Christmas Eve. And I was sitting on the front row and I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, give that lady $100. i never seen her before. I'm like, Lord, you own a thousand cattle on a thousand hill, you give it to her. <laughs> I just got done buying Christmas presents for people I don't like. <laughs> and I heard him say, do you want me to speak to you or not? Back then we had checks. I wrote a check, put it in her hand. I said, hey, God bless you. I took 10 steps and someone came up to me and said, hey, God bless you, and put something in my hand. It was a check for $1,000. I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, you fought me all night to bless you. Church, 100 turned into hundreds, turned into 500, turned into 1,000. I'm telling you, the Lord would have me talk all the time. One time I, I, was, I was talking with the girl, kind of, you know, hollering at her. I was a youth pastor. I liked her. I, I went out to go preach on one weekend. I never told this anywhere, Steve. I was preaching on one weekend, 
and she was kissing another boy when I was out of town. Thank you, Lord. There's an answer. Is she the one? Heck no. Watch, 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 watch. The Lord said, go give that boy a hundred dollars. Sir, I kid you not. You're talking about the flesh and the spirit. Knocked on that joker's house. The Lord told me to give this to you. Walked away. Because that's where the prophetic gift was started. Hundreds and five hundreds. It got to a point where the largest gift I've ever given was 1,500. Not a tithe. I bought, I, I bought houses. I mean, crazy things happened. 18 years old, bought a house. Crazy stuff happened. It was this adventure I'd go on with God. And finally, it was a week before Easter. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I want to give you the largest, ex most extravagant gift I've ever given you. I said, I'm going to give you $2,000. And my prayer is, is that you give me my television network in my 20s. Since I was 18 years old, I was believing God for a television network. I said, give it to me in my 20s. Multiply my ministry. That's my prayer. And I heard the audible voice of the Lord out loud speak to me and say, if you want me to multiply your ministry, multiply your offering. The Lord taught me something in that moment that I don't get to declare what the extravagant gift is, what sacrifice is. He tells me. Many people say, but Lord, I did give. Yes, but you didn't give what he said to give. I said, Lord, I don't have $4,000. He said, yeah, you do in stocks. Go sell them. I said, you knew about those. There was a company called Google that I invested in the day it came out. And I withdrew from the world's largest company and I invested it into heaven's kingdom. That day I sold $4,000, the largest amount I've ever given up to that point. I heard the Lord speak to me. I heard the Lord speak to me to do it. You, this is so important. Can you help me? I was raised in church, so I know them dirty jokers that lie and hustle. Can we just be real? I feel it. I want to punch them out in the TV too. Can we be real? You know it's not God. I'll be careful with this. I'll say it like this. You know it's God when God speaks to you what to give. God didn't speak to somebody else to tell you what to give. We started making television shows. It got picked up by Daystar and TBN and all the major networks that went around the world. We moved to Phoenix, started a show called The Evo Show, went around the world. And I was so frustrated. I said, God, we have television shows, but I didn't want a television show. I wanted a network. I was up at this mountain climbing at... They call it Squaw Peak or Wapato Point or right here in Phoenix. And I got halfway up to the top and I hear the Lord speak to me and say, don't go to the top. And I feel stupid. I feel weird the same way when God speaks to you and tells you not to drive a certain way home or to do something funny or to talk to somebody. It's always weird because it's not you talking to yourself. And he shows me this, this cliff and he says, go there. And so it took me about 40 minutes to get there and I get to the place where the Lord told me to go and I look to the top and I see itty bitty people at the top of the mountain and the Lord said, there will always be those that go higher than you. Go to the place I've called you to go. And then he said this and it changed my life. He said, I'm not giving you a network. I got down on my hands and feet. I said, then speak to me, Lord, because I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with my life. 
Two weeks later, I'm in Miami, Florida. I'm preaching the last night. This guy by the name of John Gray is preaching the first night. I'm in the front row. He calls me out and he says, Landon, you're a prophet. And I sense God wants to give you a network. I laid before the Lord and as my nose touched the carpet, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, I tested you on the mountain to see if you'd give it back to me. He shows me a, a logo of a technology company. I call the logo, uh, I call the company. They donate the technology. Steve and I spent a year bringing in the largest amount of youth and young adult programming in the nation together. We launched the network October 30th of 2012. Watch, when I'm 29 years old. The extravagant gift at 22 created the network at 29. Watch, it changed the course of my destiny. Why? Because when it leaves your hand, it must depart from your flesh. I'm not talking about the gift that's in your means. I'm not talking about what you budget. I'm not talking about your levels of generosity. I'm saying that obedience that's crazy faith. I'm not talking about the hustle. I'm not talking about the Lord's promising you 15 promises or 16 promises for this next year. I'm not talking about none of that, Gabe's. This is just God speaking and me responding with no strings attached, nothing in return. It's just motivated, watch, by following the Spirit and denying my flesh. I asked the Lord as a young man, I said, why are you only speaking to me about money? He said, because I got your attention. Now I can prophesy to nations and cities. Now I can have the word of the Lord over San Francisco. Because I heard him with 4,000. Because I could be trusted with little money. And now I could be faithful with much. The kingdom. I called your pastor this week. I said, Pastor, I don't want to take an offering from me. This is not for me, my ministry. There's no games. I didn't even bring my product. I don't want there to be any confusion of what my motives are. But I feel like I'm supposed to come and lead your people into the place of deliverance with an extravagant gift. And he said, go, man of God, do what God tells you to do. Worship team, you can come forward. What I believe is going to happen in this moment, that God is going to speak to you and what God spoke to me at 22 that altered my entire destiny is going to happen to you. Listen, uh, one of the greatest things I learned about giving extravagantly is when you learn to give when God tells you to do and you don't put the attachments back on money, you get heavenly things and natural things. Because when you seek the kingdom and his righteousness, everything else is be added. But watch, watch, watch. Let me help you. You're sowing into a stupid car that's going to come anyway. You're believing God for a dumb house. Let me help you. But it's not dumb. It's your home. But it comes for free. With everything else they added, you could have had a prophetic gift in the house. Oh, are you with me? 
You could have had deliverance in your family. The drug addict could have been delivered in your family. You could have had the word of the Lord. They walked in the room on Christmas next year. Something changed in their spirit and the promotion. I'm trying to tell you that financial stuff follow the kingdom because the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes all over this place. And I want you to ask the Lord, what are you supposed to give extravagantly today? I believe that this is not a flesh thing. If you think it's the flesh, then there's spiritual immaturity and you're not in sync with, with what we're doing right now. But I believe that this is a holy moment. It's not about being the month after Christmas. It's not about being, is it time and what, what your portfolio says? And is it a good time to give or a good time to invest? This is the moment where you hear from heaven and you let your flesh follow your spirit. This is the moment where you get to remind God for the next 10 years of what he already told you and spoke to you you get to remind God about the holy moment where he told you an amount that came from no man and say God I'm believing for you to do the supernatural because I obeyed you in 2016 this is a moment of deliverance and this is a moment ah, where your destiny is aligned and your ministry begins I'm going to ask the ushers to come to the front right now I'm going to be so clear about this. Two things. Number one, this is not going to me. Number two, I gave you no suggestions. The reason why is there could be no confusion who gave you the amount. But I will tell you, you don't name sacrifice. God does. Worship team, if you have to run to your chair to grab your giving. I don't know how you give in the house. You have, you have credit card slips in your, in your pew pockets. You give by check to Kingdom, K-I-V-C-C, whatever it is. It's in front of you right now. Look at this is about you praying. If you're with your spouse, lean over. Say, what is the Lord speaking to you? It can't be man's numbers. It has to be God's. And what I did at 22 years old, I invested into the kingdom. And what you're doing literally is investing into the kingdom. Because uh, the Lord relocated you to this facility to shake the desert, to advance the kingdom. This is my prayer language. Father, speak to us. Speak to us. Come on, if you pray in the Holy Ghost, go ahead and pray right now. Speak to us right now. Lord, we pray, Father, that you would speak to us right now on what an extravagant gift is. Father, I thank you for this holy moment. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. I pray no flesh, no man would get any glory for this or any attention for this. But Lord, let it be about you. I pray that you speak to our hearts what we're to extravagantly give in this moment. Some of you, God's going to speak to you a number that you have to go sell something or you have to move money in accounts you're gonna have to do something different when the extravagant gift is told but i pray right now in jesus mighty name let you be led by the spirit in jesus mighty name now i want you to start worshiping guys with everything in you when god, when god speaks